0: Welcome to Messy in the Middle, the podcast. We are two realtors from two different coasts working to improve and grow. We believe you deserve to have a thriving business and live a balanced life. Your journey from ideas to implementation starts now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Messy in the Middle. And today we have Jeremy Patterson with Fairway Mortgage. Hey, Jeremy.
1: Hey, Jeffy. Thanks for having me.
0: Of course, we we need you right now with all these uh, shifts in the market. We need really great, strong lenders, and you are my A number one. So everybody, uh, Jeremy's based out of San Diego, California, and he's been in the business for 18 years. One of the things I... Of many things that I love about Jeremy is that he has a super unique why. Do you want to share a little bit about that?
1: When I first got in his business, you know, I... I thought, man, I, I could definitely do that simply because, you know, I, I, my first experience was not so great, right? So that, that was my first introduction and in, in why I wanted to get in this industry. Mm-hmm. And, and the second reason is kind of finance and, and safety. So, you know, one of the things that a lot of people don't know about me and that I don't really share often is that I had two daughters that passed away really young to a neurological disease. And mm-hmm. one of the things that was always my safety net was... Um, essentially my home, right? I could always come to my home. I could always count on it. Um, as my first daughter passed away and my second daughter was really sick, it was still still a home, right? And what I learned from that uh, among many, many other things in life was financial literacy was probably one of the most important things that I dealt with. So going through that, one, knowing how important a home is, but two, understanding um, financial literacy and how best to protect your family is one of the most important things we can do. And I think that's all through not only home ownership, but, you know, education and really understanding it. So that's my why is helping people really understand why home ownership should fit within their entire financial portfolio and, and how best to educate themselves to protect their family for generations to come.
0: Yes. And I will chime wow. in on that yeah, it's pretty amazing, Hot huh, Ed? When I send yeah. clients to Jeremy and they sit down and they have their first consultation, they 99% of the time I get a phone call. And the phone call is, is, oh my God, this is like so much bigger than buying a house. This is what it looks like in five years, 10 years, 20 years, wealth building. So to have somebody on your team that does that is just amazing. So I I want to thank you too from the bottom of my heart.
1: <laughs> yeah, no problem. Thank you. Yeah. That's a powerful line. Thank you for sharing that.
0: Yeah, Yeah, you're, you're welcome. And I think,
1: man, I just, I love it. I love helping people understand. Yeah, especially first-time home buyers, where they just, they don't, even people that bought three or four homes, they go through our process and go, I never knew that. I wish I would have known that when I was 20. Um, so mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun.
0: Well, talking about getting creative in the loan department, do you want to dive into what a 2-1 buy-down loan is and why you think it's important?
1: Yeah, right. It's a so um, two one buy downs are something that you know were used a while ago, and um, it's it's definitely a a a little bit of a different process. So everybody kind of understands a normal buy down, right? If you go in and you go into any type of lender right now, they're essentially quoting interest rates with paying a one point discount fee or a you know prepaid interest or whatever they want to call it, but they're they're buying down interest rates. And what you're doing is you're essentially prepaying interest. To buy an interest rate down to a certain point And um, it's a long-term buy-down. Okay. Now, we do have something called short-term buy-downs, which is what a 2-1 buy-down is. Now, I'm going to try to keep it as simple po- as possible because I think it's a really great tool for sellers, a fantastic tool for real estate agents. Um, and I think um, buyers in the right situation, it works too. But a 2-1 buy-down is simply what it means. It's a of um, a 30-year fixed mortgage, and it's a temporary buy-down, so that let's say your 30-year fixed mortgage is 5.5%, okay? For the first year, the interest rate would be 3.5%. For the second year, the interest rate would be 4.5%. And then for the third year, as well as through the remaining term, it would be 5.5%. And that's why they call it a 2-1 buy-down. Let me
2: make sure I get this, because I, yeah. I just want to slow it down a little bit. Sure, please. So... We're in a rising interest rate market and people are having affordability issues, right? And so this is a way to lower the the cost for the buyer in the first year and the second year. Am I getting, am I getting the concept correctly?
1: It is. Yeah, That that's exactly the concept. It, it lowers the payment for the first year of the second year, right? Which is okay. the reason a lot of people aren't buying homes right now is because interest rates have jumped up so quickly something that we we've, we've never seen it jump so fast before
0: yeah yeah and then there's another layer to that too ed that jeremy explained to me is that if a seller in lieu of doing a price reduction they help facilitate that buy down the cost is far less than doing a price reduction so it's like it's like an old school credit to the to the buy side to get a creative way to get the the most amount for the seller. So it's a win, it's a win-win.
2: So what happens, against so I'm still struggling with the concept here a little That's bit. Okay. So what happens? what happens to that interest? So is that you're buying it down through points? Is that what's happening? Or is you're it actually, negatively amortized on the back end?
1: No, you're actually paying it with interest deductions. So think of it like a separate account just for the interest payment. So your actual note is for an entire 30-year fixed period at five and a half percent. what ends up happening is you take the extra interest that isn't being paid on the first year and the second year, putting it into kind of a an escrow account of sorts. And every time that the client makes a payment, they're pulling interest from that escrow account to complete the payment part.
0: Okay. That's where the buy down, the the buy the, gotcha. the buy down funds go into that account, correct?
1: Yeah, the interest itself goes because when they're buying it down, they're not paying a point technically. They're simply paying prepaying the interest. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. That nice. makes sense. Yeah.
2: And and again, one of one of the reasons we're I'm struggling with this is y'all are a little bit ahead of us on the curve on affordability and slowdown.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, and
2: it's showing up in it showed up in your market about six weeks ago. And mm-hmm. it's just starting to show up here. So these techniques are are, uh, are going to become more valuable for us.
1: Right. Yeah. And I think, I think understanding something a little bit more unique about this is going to be really important because look, look a $20,000 price reduction is likely not going to get a home buyer into that home if you're a seller, right? Like that's just not going to be enough. But if I can show a client how to save $1,000 a month for the first year, $500 for the second year that's significant for them to make the decision to move into a home, right? So it really right. becomes valuable for a seller because a deduction of maybe $50,000, 80000 would have a similar impact on payment. But when your seller is paying a significant cost of being able to do that, right? And and I think it's important to understand it's something unique that you can do because kind of the ongoing idea right now is, I'm sure you guys have heard this, right? You know, Marry the home, date the rate. Have you guys kind of heard that? <laughs>
0: I love that, but no, I haven't. And we, I just had a conversation with a a sweet little buyer this morning that was saying, "Look, I think I can. I'm good buying right now at six percent, as long as I know that eventually I'll be able to refi." And you know, that's a question we have for you down the road here. But do do you feel like that's, you know, how many years are we going to be into this?
1: Yeah, I think, I think that's a really hard question to answer. I think that there's a lot of data out there as far as what happens in recession. There's a lot of data out there that kind of talks about what the Federal Reserve does with interest rates mm-hmm. in the middle of recession, right? So you can look back at every single recession and realize that Federal Reserve has always raised rates in the beginning of a recession. That's because typically, you know, we're not feeling the impact of them raising rates until you're in recession, which is pretty simply two quarters of negative GDP growth. Now right. that second quarter, we believe, is ended now, right? The second quarter's right. up, the data hasn't come out. Expectation was that it was gonna be even or slightly up, but I'm a feeling it's it's gonna be negative, and that puts us into technically a recession, which it, it's crazy. A lot of people think that's bad, but it's it's not a bad thing for housing. Housing no, prices yeah. go up in recession, not down, except for two thousand eight, yeah. which I don't know if that would I don't know if I'd say it's a recession. That was a mortgage meltdown, right? We did some really dumb right. things in the mortgage industry that caused that. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. but and uh, you know a lot of people a lot of the consumers Jeremy they they have like flashbacks PTSD to 2008 Uh-oh. and they they didn't live you know they didn't live through the previous recession so they keep pulling back to that piece which is another great thing to educate your clients on is that that was a mortgage issue not Correct. a recession issue yeah,
2: yeah. and Jeremy I, I- I think you bring up a really good point, which is of all the recessions since 1980, I think there were six of them. Only two had negative uh, pricing effects on housing. So housing quite often will go up during that period of time. It just depends, and you know, and it's going to be more of an old school one that we're seeing, not the not the mortgage meltdown that we had in 2008.
1: Yeah. And I, we could spend a whole episode on 2008 compared to today, right? There is yeah. so many different factors that we could talk about it for an hour. And typically I do with clients, right? My, my job is not doing mortgages. It's serving people and helping people make a great decision. I, I don't care what the decision is. Um, I think that it's more important to, to, to give them the data. And I have these conversations with every client, even though I'm not selling real estate, because I believe that, like you said, Jeffy, people are, are getting it wrong. Um, they're just yeah. they're thinking about what mom and dad went through, right? Or right. they're thinking about all the problems that they couldn't refine. Really it's just like doing arms today, right? Like a an arm isn't necessarily a bad product if yeah. it's the right, right product, right? Like it's, it just depends. Yeah. So uh,
2: before we go into other solutions, I wouldn't mind going big picture a little bit into in terms of what you've been seeing. Again, because you guys are tracking, you know, maybe, you know, six weeks ahead of us. What have you seen in terms of loan applications, people's ability to qualify? How have things changed, say, since May 1st?
1: Yeah, I think that the most difficult thing over the last two or three weeks, we've seen referrals and leads really kind of fall off, um, which is typically we track that really, really closely. That's the kind of the number we watch. And we're, we're kind of down about half. But the harder things are you know, all the work that we've put into helping people get pre-approved for our homes, right? That was where... Things really shut off, you know. Here in, in San Diego, right, a difference of one percent interest rate is a huge difference in payment.
0: Yeah,
1: and and we really saw those clients go from looking at homes to going, we're going to wait and see what's going to happen next. Uh, and that's been the most painful part because they're poised to buy homes. I don't have a problem with qualification. Right, I don't, there's not an affordability issue on our side. It's very rare we run into a client that can't qualify four months ago. You know, that qualified four months ago but can't qualify today. It's typically they qualify fine, but just FOMO, right? Fear of missing out and going, man, I remember <laughs> when rates were this.
0: Uh-huh.
1: The problem yeah. with that is if three months ago you were putting 5% down, I couldn't get you in a home unless you had 50 grand over asking price, right? It, it wasn't right. feasible. Right. 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 That's the hardest yeah. thing for people to recognize. So it's not, I don't think it's an affordability issue. I'm not seeing that at all. I'm seeing more of an issue of, fear of what people are hearing, what they're seeing, inflation, right? Another $1,200 a month in spending, which out here in California, that's about what we're seeing. And then on top Mm -hmm. of that, you're asking them to pay higher interest rates. And like, it's really hard to tell a consumer, don't worry about it. Forget it. Just spend the money. Like, $2,400 a month in difference. It's big.
0: Yeah, Yeah, it's big. It it is big. big. It is big. And this is rolling your way here, Ed. So this is good content to share with your people so they don't miss out in the next 30 days? Because that's about what I think you have, don't you? Based on okay. what you have um, of inventory.
2: Yeah, I think we've been tracking about 30 days behind you. It's yeah. interesting, Jeremy, We because uh, Jeffy and I, we track our numbers every week in terms of absorption and what's going on in our micro markets. And we just crossed over to one month of supply today. Uh, Jeffy did that about 30 days ago, and I think you're at 1.2 months today. Yep. We track Thank it every Wednesday for the, you know, also for the show. Um, but what I tell my clients is, you know, equilibrium six months. So it's still a very, very healthy market. It's just not pants on fire hot. It's hot.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: so it's resetting expectations. In fact, I brought a listing on today. And if it would have hit in May, I would already have, you know, 15 to 20 showings scheduled. I've got one. Now it's a very interested buyer. You know, it's, you know it only takes one but it's a different game. So, uh, so it's, it's going to be interesting as this rolls out and, and having tools, which is, I think what brings us to one of the other arrows in your quiver, which, you know, made me want to start rocking my eighties mustache again, which is the reverse mortgage. Oh, Tom Selleck's Tom Selleck's favorite product, baby.
1: <laughs> Man, if, I can, if I can grow that mustache in like, <laughs> Oh, Yes. So I want to hear what you've got to say about that, because I'm
2: trying to figure out how I'm going to communicate this to my clients. So so take it away on the home equity conversion mortgage, I think is the, is the real term, right?
1: Yeah. So home equity conversion mortgage is pretty much like a cousin of a reverse. Yes, it, it is reverse, but there's been some really great changes to protect consumers. And, and I think the, the thing that a lot of people don't realize is how valuable a reverse mortgage can be to grow wealth. And you think it's the other way around, right? Like most people, when you think of reverse mortgage, you think of needs-based. Look, I don't need a reverse mortgage. I have plenty of money and I have equity, right? Like, okay, you're good. Well, the reality of that is some of my most affluent clients are doing reverse mortgages for all the other stuff around them, like tax benefit, growth in the home equity line, Um, access to tax free money. Like, there's a lot of things that go into talking about reverse mortgages that aren't needs based. It's more of strategic planning. And we work with some of the top, you know, financial planners out here in San Diego that we're having conversations around how do we save our client more money in taxes? How do we, you know, prevent them from getting smacked with a negative 20% in their portfolio currently? There's, there's so much that goes into it that you know we're we're kind of changing how america does retirement by understanding there's something you can do with your mortgage other than pay it off and have this equity tool that you simply cannot touch unless you take a loan on walk me, walk us through it
0: i was thinking if you had a like a case study somebody that you've been working with to do this and we could dive into maybe one aspect of it a little deeper
1: so I have got several, right? And it just depends okay. on the path, whether it comes down to you have a client that wants to refinance or a client that wants to buy a home. So I think in mm-hmm. this situation, let's talk about a client that's downsizing.
0: Okay.
1: How's that? Good. Right? They're, That'd be great. they're that's too big for them currently, right? Um, they're no longer have kids. They're, you know, 75. And and we're going through this right now with one of our clients. And it's it's been a lot of fun, a lot of challenge, right? Because a 70-year-old client is a little different than a 30 year old first-time homebuyer. But here's the situation. You, you pretty much have a client that you know owns a home you know, on the coast worth $2.8 million, and they essentially have very little money for the future. They live on a small pension and social security, but that's it. right? They don't have a ton of money saved because they did everything in their home. They invested in their home, and that's just the situation. So now that she's in her 70s, she's trying to figure out a way, well, the home needs a ton of work. It needs to be either renovated I'm you know, done with whatever she wants to do or whatever a new potential buyer wants to do. And now we're talking about, okay, do we want to create liquidity for the future? Or do we want to give you access to the equity to let you fix it up to sell it later? And that's kind of a conversation. But the fun part about this is when you look at a reverse mortgage, you have options. So for example, if she was going to downsize, which is what, you know, we're, we're talking with and, and trying to have her understand. So say you sell a home at 2.8 million, you move away from the coast. And you find a fantastic home at, say, a million, right? Which in San Diego is possible, right, Jeffy? I and mean, you not...
0: Well, I a mean, million 55, million 87, 1.1, yeah. I think, is probably just because I track my numbers.
1: Yeah, just because <laughs> you track your numbers, right? I love these numbers. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so think about it this way. If she's going to make that decision and buy a home, you can actually do a reverse for purchase. A lot of realtors don't understand you can do that. Okay. Um, closing as quickly as 17 days. We're one of the few companies in the nation closing that quick because we're committed to them. Um, oh,
0: that's cool to know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's really unique and rare. So it doesn't mm-hmm. really cause any issues on the other side. But just think about the number. So she buys a home at 1.1. She's going to put down about half. You figure that loan amount on the first for the reverse mortgage will be $500,000. So she's going to have to put down 600.
0: dollars Okay. Okay.
1: So she sells her $2.8 million home. Let's say she nets $2 million, which is, you know, and she's going to put $600,000 down on the next purchase and live mortgage-free. Now she can give $1.4 million to her financial planner and protect Mm -hmm. her for the next 20 years so she has something to live off of.
0: Right. Like you just, you
1: you can't do that with, I mean, anybody listening to this podcast, I dare you, go to the bank, tell them you want to get a loan, you don't want to pay a mortgage, and you can never default. Well, I mean, technically you got to pay property tax and insurance, right? You gotta keep the property up, but but the idea is it's there's just no other tool or financial tool you can do that with. So okay, I
0: want to make sure I understand this correctly. So she would have she has the reverse mortgage, which you can close in 15 days at Fairway.
1: Seventeen, but yes.
0: Seventeen. Okay. She she has the money from her sale that she can Mm -hmm. give to a financial planner. Okay. And then but she doesn't have to make a house payment. That is correct. so even though she has a five hundred dollars or $600,000 loan, that and I understand that it whittles down her equity, but she 100%. doesn't have to pay that. She can, right? She can yeah. pay it, but she doesn't have to pay that.
1: Yeah, so there's there's a couple really unique things too in that situation. She doesn't have to pay the mortgage, right? Mm-hmm. She knows that she's going to give up that equity over time and you can work the numbers backwards. That's a great thing about reverse mortgages. It's all in disclosures. A, a good reverse mortgage person or home equity you know, conversion mortgage person will really help you understand the numbers. Right. But when you do a purchase and you use a home equity line of credit, how many of your clients right now in that situation are taking a tax deduction?
0: They're not. Not many,
1: right? If yeah, they're married.
0: Right. Yeah. But here's the great
1: thing about reverse mortgage on a purchase, because you bought a home with it, if you let that interest accrue, right, all you're doing is adding principal balance, but it's interest she could Mm -hmm. technically take money in the future from her $1.4 million she gave to a financial planner and pay the mortgage down as a lump sum. Got you. If she does that, you always pay the interest and the mortgage insurance first. Mm -hmm. So now she would create a huge tax deduction for her if she needed it, if something should come up.
0: I got you. Okay. Got it. Yeah. See, these things are all so intertwined and it's just, it it's really, it's yeah. beautiful because you're, you're leveraging an amazing asset, which is your home to do something that sets you up for your future. And, you know, I can't really speak on it cause I don't, I, I don't understand it. Like you understand it, but it's, it sounds like something I'd like to get to know better.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, think about all those empty nesters that we're working with that are downsized, yeah. right? Yeah. And so here's a tool. So it's worth it. it's it's worth uh, exploring. That's yeah,
1: very cool. and, and the hard part with that is that people have this bad feeling about reverse, right? Because they remember Tom Selleck, you know, say, "Hey, do a reverse mortgage," or right. you know, people losing their homes and their spouses not right. being able to stay. Or like you used to be able to do a reverse mortgage and not put a spouse on it, and then whoever was on the mortgage, if they passed, well, the spouse mm-hmm. wasn't protected. Now you're upside down on the right. property. They don't really allow for that anymore. There are some products, proprietary stuff, that will allow for that, but in our normal Home equity conversion mortgage that's insured by FHA, but you can't do that. The spouse is protected, to where they can live in the home for as long as they want, as long as they okay. live in it. That's the key with reverse. They got to live in it. Yeah. Pay the property taxes, pay the insurance, um, mm-hmm. and keep the property up. If they do those three things, mm-hmm. they're fine. They can be there as long as
0: they want. Yeah, I love that.
1: Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Ed, you feeling more comfortable with this idea?
2: I, I am. You know, I'm ready to. Uh jump jump in the chopper with Magnum. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I love it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, is cool there anything else so. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to add to the reverse mortgage before we start wrapping things up? I do. I got one more
1: thing I want to mention okay. in our scenario, because right? I think it's really yep, okay. important to understand. So, in, in those scenarios, right, with a home equity conversion mortgage, you can also set up a home equity line of credit mm. that grows with time, right? Okay. So, Let's say, for example, you have a consumer that is going to put more money down than they expected, or let's say they have a little bit. So let's say, for example, in in our situation, she puts more money down. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You can create a home equity line of credit that will sit there and be available for whatever the client wants. Mm -hmm. Now, the value of that home equity line is it doesn't get smaller with time. It actually gets availability-wise bigger. Mm -hmm. So let's say, for example, she does a $100,000 home equity line after year one. The availability is no longer 100, it's 106,000. Mm-hmm. Year two, available 112, right? The, the home equity line availability grows with time. So if you're younger in the 62, 63 range, you're going to have 20 years of growth. So imagine that as a financial tool. If, if you could give mm-hmm. somebody $200,000 and say, okay, it's going to grow at 5% every year. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense.
0: That makes yeah, sense. Yeah. So you can
1: draw on it and it moves. So the one thing that's great about home equity conversion boards is they're, they're the best Swiss Army knife because you can move them around to monthly payments. You don't have to refinance. You can just move them. So it gives you your financial planner and you a ton of opportunity to really tailor what you're doing fiscally, especially right now. If you retire yeah. today, taking a negative 20% off your portfolio. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Right now, you don't want to be doing that. A bad mix.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can
1: yeah. show you the way your rate of return would be significantly higher if all you did was not draw on a negative year. You drew from your home equity line. It's crazy. The numbers are crazy.
0: Yeah, that... That's see, pretty when cool. you say things like that, it makes total sense. My brain goes, of course that makes sense. Yeah. So, you know, maybe this is for another podcast, but how do we get the word out to people who have that negative vibe or feeling about a reverse mortgage? Like, what do we... I mean, obviously, I would send them to you, but... Yeah. Like for Ed or anybody in general around the country, what what? How do we start this conversation?
1: So one, you can't talk about reverse mortgages. Okay, you just can't because as soon as right. you say reverse mortgage, they go whoa. Swiss
0: I'm not- Army knife.
1: Yeah, I don't. Hey care. man,
0: I got a Swiss yeah. Army knife for you. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the
1: reality is, you know, that you always want to talk about home equity conversion mortgages, right? And okay. when they ask about reverse, yes, it is like their cousin and it is similar. Yeah. But the the key with it is really saying, look, it's probably one of the best financial tools and you just have to talk to your loan officers. I think the number one thing you can do is get them to a pro that does home equity conversion mortgages. Right. Mm -hmm. As our business grows, we're going to eventually be a full-time reverse mortgage team.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: And the reason for that is because it's such a fantastic tool. 10,000 people are turning 62 a day. 10,000 people. That's a
0: good number to know.
1: Right. And do you know how many didn't prepare for retirement? 80%. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, closer to 90 you know, It's so often that I meet oh with, God. like, I had yeah. a meeting later today with somebody who just turned 62. They yeah. want to retire in this market. It's yes. negative 20%. They have $600,000 in their portfolio. They're going to retire on Social Security pension, very small, and mm-hmm. they're going to pull money from their portfolio to do it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, that's not enough. What is it going to look like in 20 years? It it right. just it's not enough. What happens if little Johnny needs something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what do we do? So well, when you think about Jeremy, it. you
2: brought up a really a really good point on it I hadn't thought about, which is, you know, when you set up your retirement and you're pulling from your portfolio, why would you wanna be pulling down, drawing down in negative years? So look at this bucket of equity you have in your home and set that up to be able to pull down when it makes sense to pull down from that.
1: A hundred percent. And you can always pay it back, mm-hmm. right? You can pay yeah. on a reverse mortgage. So if you don't take on a negative year, you draw from it, your portfolio recovers, you start gaining money, great, pay the mortgage down. Because remember, let's say I paid our mm-hmm. mortgage down 20 grand on a reverse mortgage with a home equity line.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That $100,000 home equity line now grows by 20 grand for availability. So I don't
0: lose the money. It just goes into the bucket. Right, right. You're just it, transferring. It,
1: it's a tool. All you're doing is moving it back and forth. And the, and I just... People don't recognize it as a tool. So as you approach people and talk to them, they're not thinking tool. They're thinking, I don't need that because right. someone's going to take my home, which yeah. doesn't happen, right? There's right. Right, safety nets there now. So right. I would say as a real estate agent, a realtor talking with your consumers, the first thing is to recognize if they're over 62, you need mm-hmm. to work with a retirement specialist to make sure they can really help in, uh, inform your consumer on what works and what doesn't. Right. Right. And they got to be able to talk fiscally. Not most loan, not many loan officers can talk about Roth conversions, mm-hmm. down market sequence of returns, IRAs, mm-hmm. tax free, mm-hmm. like all that. They can't talk about it. For me, I love it and I love talking about it, so it fits in my wheelhouse. But if you ask your, you know, loan officer about okay. a, you know, sequence of returns or a Roth conversion or the tax rate, they're gonna like most loan officers don't quite get that.
0: That's
1: why yeah, we're friends.
2: <laughs> love it. <laughs> Love it, well, well Jeremy. I want to I want to close with again, kind of maybe going big picture just for a second. So you know, we're in a new environment, and I know your crystal ball is going to be a little fuzzy. Everybody's is, but where do you see, you know, eighteen years in the biz, where do you see this kind of going rates wise? What's what are you feeling out there? What are you hearing?
1: Yeah, so I think we're in a really weird time right now because some of the data coming out is showing inflation is slowing a bit. Our expectation three weeks ago is the Fed is going to continue to raise interest rates. And I still believe that's in the cards, right? I think the, the Fed's got to continue to raise interest rates. Now, for your consumers, you got to remember that interest rate doesn't have a direct impact on 30-year fixed mortgages. That's where a lot of people miss it. The, the, it's the feeling of what's happening in the market, not just the fact they're raising it. It's credit cards, cars, revolving debt, that kind of stuff. So the, the, the belief is, you know, rates are going to continue to go to, to hedge inflation, but it's all going to depend on what that inflationary data is. Inflation keeps going up. Federal Reserve has said they are... Full on okay with putting us into a recession and slowing down home purchases because they need to control inflation. Which, imagine being on a fixed income with costs going up nine percent. You can't deal right. with that. It's not possible. Right. So yeah. my, my crystal ball shows that you know it's it's great. If I had to predict, we'll continue to, to climb. But I think they're going to soften a little bit and go okay. You know we got to take a breath a little bit and figure it out. Very well, that good. That would be good. <laughs> I would hope so. Yeah. 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 Well, we can't thank you enough for
2: coming on and explaining a couple of creative solutions, giving your uh, wisdom in the business and, yeah. and approach. We really, really appreciate it.
1: Honored
0: Absolutely. Everybody needs a friend like Jeremy if they can't have Jeremy himself because he is because I one challenge everybody financially. Cookie. I know you do. Yeah. Sometimes that makes me a little crazy in the head, but I love it. I yeah. I'm better off financially because of you.
1: Oh, thank you. It's nice of you, Jeffy. Thank you.
0: (laughs) All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Give us a thumbs up if you liked the content. You can watch us on YouTube as well. If you want to see our smiling, happy faces, like and share. Hope to see you guys soon. Bye for now. See you soon. We hope you enjoyed the show gained insight into having a thriving business and living a balanced life. We also welcome any ideas you would like us to discuss in future shows. Don't forget to like and share. We'll see you next week.